0: Listener Production. You are listening to episode 143 of The Howie Games, Part B, featuring Alan Border. Let's get back to the scrapbook. I'm going back to the scrapbook now, baby. <laughs> I want to take you to the 26th of January, so Australia Day, 1989, yep. at the SCG. Now, this is the headlines. Bowler, border to rescue. Borderline, <laughs> not body line, Thames Windies. Alan Border. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, let's just go through the bowling figures here. Yep. Yeah. Border, 26 overs, 10 maidens, 7 for 46, including the wickets of Richie Richardson, Carl Lupa Viv Richards, Augustine Logie, Jeff Dujon, Harper, and Marshall, and there's pictures of you with your beard <laughs> kissing the ball that you've taken it with. Now, you won't have seen these for, I don't know. Uh, no, aeons, I haven't, I haven't seen that
1: for a long, long time, but.
0: Uh, I need to get you a copy of this stuff.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was. history. That was um, the miracle, <laughs> the miracle of their CG.
0: Cut!
1: Shout of catch it,
0: and Peter Taylor does just that at mid off. Oh, he's got a good record. Of getting high order batsmen out. And he's 17th wicket in Test cricket. There's yet another high order batsman,
1: Richie Richardson.
0: Well, what does it say? Let me see what it says. Yeah. One of Alan, this is written by Trevor Grant. Yep. One of Alan Borders' first tasks this morning will be to seek out the umpires at the Sydney Cricket Ground to ask for the ball with which he single handedly brought the mighty West Indian cricket team to its knees, I say, <laughs> to its knees, AB. Did you get the ball? I yeah, would
1: have thought you'd see those sort of headlines. <laughs> That's another catch and taken by Geoffrey Marsh. Once
0: again, the short one has done it. Carl Hooper's going back. But uh, Geoffrey Marsh held it in the air and said, yes, I caught it, and that was enough for Hooper.
1: Yeah, it was an uh, amazing day. I mean, those 26 overs, I bowled straight in a row. <laughs> right, so in you, a row, 26 the overs The next straight. morning when I woke up, do you, reckon, you reckon there should be some sort of muscle memory yeah. with cricket? Like, I bowled like the nets and all that sort of stuff, but mate, when I woke up the next morning, I was like Mitchell, man. I could not move. I was that <laughs> stiff. I had to get to the ground early and do laps to try and loosen up just ridiculous. It's what have never the, the, done. Cut! Ah! There's an appeal. He's gone. Richards caught and well caught. Close in. Alan Borders, third wicket. The
0: quote from you in the paper says, uh, said uh, very reluctant bowler Border. there will be batsmen all around the world shaking their heads in disbelief
1: when they see the result and my figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my teammates weren't any help either. Were they not? Oh, that's sort of like every time we take a wicket, they, we you know, get in the huddle and, you know, initially they sort of say, oh, yeah, yeah, beauty, you know, and, get, and then they'd say, "How?" Yeah, it, it just shows a shit does take wickets sometimes. <laughs> ah! Back into the stumps. He now has four for 18. and Gus Logie. The second West Indies batsman today going without scoring. <laughs> How the hell, you know, uh, so you know, I'd get the odd wicket on a long. It's in the air and this could be out. Hughes is there. He's got it.
0: Oh. He went for the sweep shot, got a top edge and Border has taken five
1: wickets. Well, I was finding quite a few good balls as well. Yes. Then, then I'd sort of strategically drop one short and it'd stop and turn and, Malcolm Marshall, yeah, you know, slam it to cover and cover, take the good catch. Out, straight to mid
0: wicket, and Peter Taylor makes the catch. Six wickets to Alan Border,
1: and I tell you, whatever look at the, look on his face, it's almost as if he can't believe it. Yeah, bloody beauty, another wicket. But it was um, <laughs> one of those situations again. I, I'm, we're on a, a SCG pitch; it's it's turning a little bit. I've got two spinners in the team, and Western is a. Uh, Cruising. I, I, had we taken a wicket when I came on to bowl, I can't quite. I remember, need to go back. Let me go back here, AB. I've got ball, all the, the balls turning here. and nothing's happening. You know what, what's happened uh, with the spinners?
0: Well, yeah. Well, they were none for ninety, Grenage yeah. and Haynes. Then one for a hundred and forty-four, and then in comes Border, and she's, as the great Rex Hunt would say, a destroyation from that point on. You've just cleaned well, them up, including, including
1: yeah. Viv Richards. Yeah, like I, I wasn't. You know, I'm not happy because, you know, the spinners, that's, they've been picked to, to bowl, right? And then uh, it was, again, you know, someone like Stephen has said, Steve Waugh says, well, A.B., hey, you have a bowl. And I'm thinking, oh, God, we've got two spinners <laughs> in the side, you know, why would I have a frigging bowl? So you know, I think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll have a bit of a trundle. The ball's turning, at least or, you know, something going for me. So I think in my very first over, I, I get you know, either Desi Haynes or Gordon, one, one of them out, right? So that's a huge wicket, you beauty, you know. So I've done my bit, um, that's it, one for none, uh, over to the spinners. And Steve Boy said, no, bullshit, you've got to keep bowling. <laughs> so I thought, oh, all right. So, of course, then I start getting into it, you know, like ball's turning and a few wickets and, oh, how good is this? That's in the air, that's out, he's got seven. Well caught, a couple of A short delivery, Marshall striking in the air. And
0: Alan Border has seven for 42. Now why would Alan Border bother about bowling anything else but short deliveries outside off stump every time he bowls when he gets a wicket?
1: So, um, it was just, yeah, great, great fun. But um my teammates, they were just shaking their head. Like I was getting nothing from them. There's no accolades, it was like I can't believe this shit's taken wickets. Can you
0: believe it? It's <laughs> now, like... <laughs> AB, unfortunately, there's no way I could find this. But so, again, I'm 13 or whatever I am and it's seared in my memory watching and we were, you know, I was in whatever I was, grade six, grade five, grade seven, something around that stage, and we had to do a project, AB, about a great Australian. And back that stage was before the internet and you had to go into the World Book Encyclopedia to look up information. yeah. And I can remember the gist of my project about the great Australian was Alan Border was the headline title and not only is he a great batsman but I did it directly after this. On the back of his 7 for 46, it's proven he's a great Australian because he is now an all-rounder. And (laughs) I remember my argument was we should be calling this man one of Australia's great all-rounders. That's how much I loved you, Alan. Oh,
1: dear. Yeah, well, that's... (laughs) Probably a bit of a stretch. Um,
0: yeah, I think my year six English teacher felt the same.
1: <laughs> in fact, a lot of people reckon I bowled underarm. You know, my arm was that low, but, um, yeah, just, just got above the horizontal. But, um, yeah, look, it, it was good fun. I, I probably, like in those days, we all bowled in the nets. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, that, that all the batsmen could bowl a bit. If you think back to, you know, some of our better teams, you know, you got the two war boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jones could bowl off spinners. Even Boone could land them, you know, believe it or not. Hey! Down he goes. Boone has a wicket. Australia now right on top. Boone, I think can see the humour of the moment. They're, they're absolutely <laughs> nude nuts, you know, no rotation Boone. at all. But um he would get the odd wicket, believe it or not. And those people, you know, just could never live it down you now if you get out to Boone. But um yeah, you know, we all could all bowl because you'd bowl in the nets. So, you know, there's no problem just throwing whoever the ball because um, they could all bowl. And the only guy who is probably the worst bowler I've ever seen for a, for a test match batsman is yeah. Mark Taylor. Was he? Like, he? He wouldn't play fifth grade as a bowler. So he's, he's lucky he could bat too. He wouldn't get a Guernsey in fifths. He's that bad. Well, so he's, about... he's the only one. The rest of us could sort of. We might play seconds or thirds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Talking about Tubby, this is where the scrapbook really ramps up because it's the 1989 Ashes, which was, well, you can tell me what your greatest moment was in in, in, leading this team, but I I have a cutting of every single day, AB, of the entire test series and it starts the first test at Headingley.
1: And David Gower, after winning the toss, put Australia into bat on the relayed Headingley Strip. We join play now, it's 57
0: for two. Philip De Freitas is the bowler, Mark Taylor is taking strike. Oh, lovely shot. Marsh and Taylor give Australia a sound start. Yep. And this is the start of the Ashes coverage. Yep. There's all sorts of information there, but at the end of the first test, Australia win that first test, and there is the headline with a fine picture of you with your moustache and your open face helmet, AB finds victory so sweet.
1: And that is it. Australia
0: have won the first Test match at Headingley by 210 runs. And it goes on, AB, that 9 and 89, Ashes, we talked about green shoots with the World Cup. Yep. Was this... Not the completion of the journey, but, again, worst team to leave Australia's shores. Like they're saying about England at the moment, you go over there with Merv and Terry Alderman and Steve Waugh makes 150 and 170 and Dino made runs, you made runs. Trevor Hone's got wickets. It's a 4-0 series win that nobody saw coming. Nobody saw coming.
1: No, except probably the the group itself. Right. Uh, Talking about, you know, just the way things, you know, incredibly work out. We we had 17 real good blokes that just got on. And and, and that's a bit unusual at, at all the time to have that sort of happen, just one of those freakish, you know, the guys who weren't playing because we weren't chopping the side round much. Um, no. I think 12 players played in that series. You know, Trevor Holmes came in for... Uh, Greg Campbell. Greg Campbell. Um, Ricky Ponting's uncle. That was the only change. So yes, we got the last wicket. It's just that surreal moment you think, I oh, just can't believe we won that Test match yet, yeah, because it was it was was heading for a draw. And I, I my, I, I still talk about this. My favourite Ashes moment. It, it, um, yeah, there's plenty of on-field sort of stuff that happens that you, you're know, really proud of and happy about. But it was Boone in a jockstrap. That's all he's got <laughs> on on the table, seeing underneath the Southern Cross. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> That was a great moment. That's when I thought, myself, this is what it's about. This is what this game is about. Here we are, crowded Australian
0: balcony, all ready for the historical moment. Five more runs. That'll be one of them. Looking for the two, Taylor, but he doesn't get it. So at this moment, Boone must fancy his chances of being able to say, I brought the ashes back. Cooked a bowl, Boone to face. There it goes. Game and the Ashes. Boone scores the winning runs. Australia win by nine wickets. 3-0 lead in the series. And after so much failure along the way, so this is the moment you've you've won the Ashes. I I don't know if you've got a copy of this photo. Um, I I hope you do somewhere (laughs) because your mate Dean Jones is there. Front and centre. And it it says, all hail the heroes. And there's you and uh Jeff Lawson with his son, he's on, and Bobby Simpson, and you, yep. you're all hands in the air. You've won the ashes, Boonies tucked it yep. around the corner. After everything you've gone through, A B, this this streak of losses, this uh being judged in the media as Captain Grumpy in charge of a team that it was the worst to leave the shores. What did it mean to you personally to oversee let's be honest, the great resurgence in Australian cricket which has gone on, everyone nowadays, Gilly, Ricky, Warney, they all put it back to you and the team you led to turn things around and they went on and built on those foundations.
1: Well, yeah, I suppose at the time you're not sort of thinking like that. So now you can reflect on you know, yeah what, what happened subsequently. But at the time it was, it was more about you know, vindication for sort of just hanging in there. Uh, I, I did have a change of... Uh, Style or, or leadership um, criteria that I put on myself uh, leading into that particular series, uh, because I, I was convinced you know we had a, a group that could do really well over yeah. it. Because look, I had a real change of heart. I, I I was I didn't go into their change rooms. I didn't you know the the, the 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 wives on tour sort of scenario. I wanted the team to be together longer, so the, the, the girls were asked not to. Come along, which didn't go down too well. No. But um, um, the proofs in the pudding. I mean, we won that series four nil. But there was a lot more planning, and um, you know, I'd grab the bo- you know Jeff Lawson and Alderman in particular um, to sort of formulate the bowling plans and then the batting. Yeah, we we did we did the preparation was you know a lot different from from me compared to you know, previous campaigns. So. Had you
0: become the leader that you wanted to become by that stage? You talked about that you weren't happy in the early days. Had you become the leader that you hoped to be by this stage?
1: I was a lot better. I mean, I I still, you know, there's still a million little things you think of that you could do better. But, yeah, I I was a lot uh, more relaxed. You know, I'd been in the job for a long time at that point. I I I think if we'd lost that Ashes series, I would have definitely been gone. But, um, yeah, I, I did respond to it well and, and, and changed tack a little bit so for the last five years as captain so first four or five not great next five or six pretty good as far as leadership captaincies you know that's a different side of the equation but the leadership around the group was a lot more comfortable with um you know, you know my my style and and leading the guys by example plus a little bit of you know one-on-one sort of times with different guys so yeah it was a lot better the good yorker Beautiful Yorker. Equally as good as the one which defeated Robin Smith. Australia went from strength to strength there. England all out 167. An Australian victory by an innings and 180 runs.
0: A massive margin. Four victories in an Ashes series equaled the record set by Sir Donald Bradman's 1948 side and produced inevitable comparisons. Just to explain to people the... the the momentous occasion this was in the turnaround Australian cricket. There was ticker tape parades <laughs> through yeah, crazy. the streets. Crazy. It, 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 was, it was enormous. And here is now an article. A sportsman bordering on true greatness. So this is written by John Howard. Bloody hell. And he's obviously a, a cricket tragic. But he's written a tremendous article here. I'll read a little bit to you, Abe. Well I'm so really
1: not Mr. Howard look he's always been a, a supporter. Put it that way.
0: So it starts I know it is sacrilegious in a sporting sense to commence a tribute to Alan Border with a reference to one of the great American baseball players. But when Alan Border led his team to cricket fame two weeks ago in England, I was put in mind of that Simon and Garfunkel lament of the late 1960s Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. In a way, the search for a straightforward sporting hero, which Simon and Garfunkel intoned, seems so very apt for Alan Border. And I read that to you to to try and show people of a younger generation what you meant to this country when you were, it's a bit, I don't want to get carried away, but it was a bit like um from my memories, Bertrand and Lexon bringing Australia the, America's Cup. We were downtrodden. We used to get beaten yeah. week in, week out. When you'd turn, and that's when you didn't watch cricket through the winter. You turned on for the first Ashes, for the first Test at the Gabba, and it'd finish at the Sydney Test, and that was it. Yeah. And then there'd be the Benson Hedges One day. But you'd brought respectability back for all of us that love cricket, AB. And obviously, by the fact the Prime Minister's writing articles about you in the paper is evidence of that.
1: Well, I suppose pre- uh, people did appreciate the 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 hard times. So therefore, when you sort of come out of those hard times and and some good times follow, uh, I suppose that they're, they're very appreciative of the, of the hard work that goes in. And they can see that you know you play against some of the teams we played against were tremendous. You know there, there was no no real shame in losing to the West Indies. But you, you just all the time come on, you know you've got to you know um, do better, um, Australian cricket team. So I, I think. You know the prime minister being a, a cricket tragic. I mean, he just appreciated the, the hard work that had gone into it. I mean, as captain, you, you, you cop a lot of accolades that should be dispersed a little bit more evenly around it, around the the team itself.
0: Yeah, but you did cop it. It was you were the front man when you were getting beaten as yeah, well.
1: Yeah. So you, I suppose you, you do cop the good and the bad. Yes, I, I, I get that. But um, I sometimes get a little bit embarrassed that you know, sort of you know that you know that group. That in 89, I mean, they just, everyone contributed throughout the process, you know, it wasn't just me. So you sort of think, oh, well, I, I get it, yeah. yeah. Like, on behalf of this, yep. this group, I accept it. But, um, yeah, ticker tape parades. I mean, who would have thought? That's like wartime stuff, you know? war. Yes. This is what the Ashes earned the Australians, the type of reception usually reserved for royalty. More than 200,000 people lined the streets from Circular Quay to Darling Harbour, showering praise and paper on Border's heroes. It was Sydney's first ticker tape parade in 23 years. The big turnout a public acknowledgement of the team's historic achievement. Yeah, that was that was incredible. We just couldn't believe it. We, in fact, when we were sort of gathering before, we, you know, you basically just drive up George Street, and we sort of gathered. hadn't sort of seen too much, you know, activity around where we were. You know, our, our bus had come in, and we're just gonna, we're sort of sitting around thinking we're, we're happy with ourselves. You know, we're back together, the, the band's back together, a few beers, how good <laughs> this? We're back in Australia, um, and we thought, oh, it's going to be embarrassing if no one turns up, because we we didn't know how a ticket tape sort of really, you, know, you see the movie tone yeah. things, don't you? But so the bus turns into George Street, and like we we can just see streamers and people throwing things out and. Coming up to the, the cavalcade of cars that we had it was just just phenomenal, most incredible experience, I've got to say, because it's just, you know, totally out of the blue. For the players, a day to remember. Magnificent, absolutely tremendous. You know the guys didn't expect this many people, but it's been great. Didn't know what to expect, but it's been bigger than I expected, What bigger. It's been huge. After years in the cricketing doldrums, ask Border and Vice-Captain Jeff Marsh, and they'll say there's nothing like success. But for the skipper, it's also been a humbling experience. It's been a great couple of months, and uh, that award just caps everything off. But uh, that Ticket Tape Parade down George Street, I'll never forget that. It's like a fairy tale for Border, the Prince of Players, now the King of Cricket. Just don't, don't expect anything like that. You know, doing a lap of honour of a, of a ground, maybe you sort of... You, you, that's part of the process, but Ticket Tape Parade, that was incredible.
0: So, the Ticket tape parade, you're at your highest point of fame. And this is where YouTube is gold, AB. Because if you type in that Alan Border ads, there's a few different things pop up. <laughs> so, you're a national, a national figure. So, there's a few ads um, that are classics. I guess the Forex campaigns <laughs> with you, there's one with you, Tomo, Greg, <laughs> Richie, and they're trying to sneak up on you having beers. I
1: can feel a Forex. Coming on, coming on. i got the taste for it. I just
0: can There's certain ads in Australia that stay with you, I think. <laughs> I think Barry Sheen and Dick Johnson for Shell is yeah. something that sticks in my mind. I, I don't know if you've got a lifetime supply of Forex Gold, but you, you are synonymous with that brand due to some of those brilliant ads you made.
1: Oh, well, look, uh, they were sponsors of Queensland Cricket. Um, uh for, for many, many years, probably still to this day. Yep. And um I, I actually worked um for Forex for, for a long period of time. Well like an ambassadorial style setup. Yeah, well you know, my job was I had to go up to race week at Hamilton Island <laughs> and um as the as the yachts came in after racing, I had to yep. carry a cart and a beer and say, Oh yeah, you know, well done <laughs> well done lads and invariably it says, Are oh, you gonna stay for one? Oh yeah, I'll stay for one and then you know, 55 boats later, I'm staggering, <laughs> staggering to my room, you know. I don't know if I can do this job much longer. Yeah, you know, how, how, how hard is this? So that was, you know, like I'd go to all the State of Origins, I would go to every rugby test. You know, Forex was sponsoring everyone at the time, so.
0: They were classic ads, though. They were classic ads well, that yeah, you did and with them.
1: There was a lot, lot of uh, time and effort, you know, went into the advertising. Uh, with it. Yeah, they are synonymous now, aren't they, with uh, a lot yes. of those cricketing ads, yeah, but Uh, That that one where we were with um, uh, Greg Ritchie, Tomo, it's Ray Phillips, actually, is is the fourth. Oh, right. It was going to be Craig McDermott, but he was under 25 and you had to be over 25 to advertise alcohol. So anyway, so Ray's got a gig. But um, we're up at Hamilton Island. No, not Hamilton. It was Dunk Island for three days doing that ad. (laughs) On the shoot. It's a 30-second ad. Three (laughs) days. Oh, we were lucky to survive, i tell you. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, there's another classic with uh, you, Booney, and Doug Walters. Can you remember what you're advertising there? No,
1: what, what's that? that's not too easy.
0: Not, what, McDonald's. 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 Oh, that was you, the... Booney, and Dougie Walters.
1: We asked three cricket experts if McDonald's delicious triple cheeseburger was the tastiest burger they'd ever had. Hat trick. Free statistical proof that McDonald's triple cheeseburger is the most selected burger this summer. Oh, the days we used to get those free McDonald's vouchers. (laughs) We used to live on them, myself and Jeff Lawson. We we lived on those for for so many years. What, the gold pass? Oh, mate, the gold pass. I just, uh, Big Mac meal, please, mate, and uh, just put it on the card.
0: (laughs) Now, can you remember this one, the third and final one for you? You only have one line in this next ad. And you pop up looking very fancy in a suit and tie and your single line is...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh already.
0: Here we go. Ask about computers and faxes too. Never before
1: has there been an offer like this. A return trip for two to the USA free when you buy a car phone, a PABX system or a key phone system. And ask about faxes and computers too. The Carphone Telecommunications Group. The best prices, the best range and the best reason
0: to buy. Phone now.
1: Car phone telecommunications, A.B. Well, you know I'm all across this uh, telecommunications, yeah. you know, social faxes. media. Faxes.
0: The kids are saying, what's a fax?
1: Yeah, the early <laughs> days. Hey, mate, faxes. Faxes. They, yes. were, they were the unbelievable technology back in the day. Gosh, if you had a fax machine, you'd made it.
0: More of AB shortly, way back on episode 15 of the show, we featured an episode recorded from memory in St Kitts in the Caribbean of all places. Cracking place if you ever get the chance. Whoa. Anyway, it was recorded with a stylish one, cricketer Damien Martin. Mardo was a gun, but his out-of-the-blue retirement shocked the cricket world.
1: Sometimes whether you burn out or you're just done, you know, in something, you know, it's hard to explain when you, now you're out of it 10 years, but at that stage it was just, I had to get out. I was just done mentally, physically. I was just, I just felt that I was going to go down a path where you know, yeah, you know, and you and you know, like being on these tours, you're sitting in rooms by yourself. You know, everybody thinks it's so glamorous, okay, but there is times where you're just sitting alone, sitting around, you know, with your thoughts, whether you're, you know, you're depressed about it making no runs or whatever it is. It's hard.
0: That's Damien Martin on episode fifteen. Let's get back to AB. All right, I'm going back to the scrapbook. We've got through the ads. Um, before your retirement, you, you went on and passed the 10,000 run mark. Yeah. And then you passed Sunil Gavaskar. And we I've got it here I'm talking about 4x. And again, I, I need to get copies of this for you, AB. So there, there's a, it says Alan Border, <laughs> greatest run scorer. And there's you with your 4x visor on, you've yep. got Tim May in the background with a 4X beer and 4X on his shirt, and then 4X have done so well, you've got a big cake that's got Alan Border 4X emblazoned across it. So is it, um, this is Mike Coward now speaking. Yep. Writing, that not a soul will begrudge him the rare distinction of becoming Test Cricket's greatest run scorer is as much testimony to Alan Border's humanity as it is to his genius, as a batsman. <laughs> so this is a nice article. I think you whipped Dipak Patel away to the fence for four at 1.05 p.m. according to this article to become the leading run scorer of all time. Now, being the modest man you are, I know you'll say that's due to the number of test matches you've played. It helps. But what, what what did it... You're such a humble man, but what did it mean to you at that stage to have scored... You went past Sanal Gavisgar to be the leading test run scorer in the history of cricket.
1: Yet, the personal achievement still came
0: his way. In the same year, he overtook Sunil Gavaskar as the greatest test run scorer of all time.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's a strange one because the, the moment was sort of, um, you know, it, it would have been so much better to have achieved it, say, in Australia, which I should yeah. have done, but I just hit a submerged log at the end of that season yeah. against the West Indies. You know, I got a pair in Perth, and I can't remember. I was going well, and then just, uh, Fell off the pier. Then, then we're in New Zealand. Um, yeah, you know, just after the series against the West Indies in, in Australia, we're at Christchurch, and there's no one there. Like there's like 500 people, thousand people in the ground, cold <laughs> to coldish to the day, and I whip Dip that Patel, you know, through me and I, I, it's it's been achieved. So I'm I'm sort of aware of it, but my batting partner heels is given the well, what's going on, over? He's sort of like he's got this dumbfound look on his face, you know. He didn't know. It wasn't, wasn't that good a shot. And I said, mate, uh, that's it, that's the record. And he sort of, you know, he had that like vacant look on his face that he gets and I said, that's the record, mate. So it wasn't, it was one of those strange right. huge moments. It was just sort of nothing okay. happened. Of course, then we get in the rooms and there's, you know, they've got the cake and it's all sort of happening. It was, it was a bit understated in the, as far as world records go. You know, like it, it would have been good to do it at the MCG or somewhere with a big crowd there and, and, you, right. and it would have meant really something. But it, it, it still means, like, everything. But um, it was such an understated sort of moment. Just did when you when hear from Did
0: you hear from Sunil Gavaskar or yeah. anyone like that? Or did you get a phone call from prime ministers and all that
1: type of thing? Uh, not, not so many phone calls, but a lot of uh, telex. Oh, faxes. Telegram. Uh, asking no, 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 about their fax. telephones and faxes. I think, was even a, I think it was even, might be four fax. No, it wouldn't have been. Right. No, well, so you I'm got sure it, you... It was a, a tele a telex or a telegram from from Sun Hill? Yes, from Sunil, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> um I I probably still got it somewhere around here, but um yeah. Wow. Yeah, that but but it was as if, you know, all and sundry, you know, um making congratulatory I think in today's world where you've got emails and faxes uh, um texts and WhatsApps and all the rest of it, um you, it would have been a lot different, but at the time it was a lot harder to communicate but, um, yeah, it was, it was it was a good moment but um, the actual timing of it <laughs> right. couldn't have been any I worse.
0: Didn't, I didn't know that. Now, we need to, I, I sort of messed past it. When you played your 100th Test match, the headline there is Captain Courage and there's a caricature of you yeah. and an article written by Viv Richards. When I think of Alan Border, I think of courage. The term Captain Courageous" fits him like glove. It will be a proud moment in Australian sporting history when AB walks onto the Melbourne cricket ground on Saturday to begin his 100th test match. Now, did did you, AB, you say Viv
1: Richards wrote that? Viv Richards wrote that, yes. Yeah, look, we, we, we had our moments, uh, myself and Viv, but um, wow, that's big coming from him because yep, uh, he's one of my favourites, not that I told yep. him at the time, but subsequently we've had plenty of beers and chats together. He's, he's, a, he's a great man. He, he's seriously one of the great cricketers, so coming from him, that's special.
0: Well, he's, he's, he's said we're tough competitors, but we're still friends. I've always thought of Alan as a nice guy. We've shared many drinks together and I found him an easygoing individual who is definitely not an eye specialist. He's always more interested in how you are going rather than how he is going. I wish him well as he joins the 100 Club.
1: As usual, Board of the Team man was playing
0: down the significance of the milestone, preferring to concentrate on getting his team back into the series but the players say they will pull out all stops to make AB's centenary test a resounding success. Now, AB, this was a big day for me. Obviously an enormous day for you, but as a young fella growing up, Alan Bord is playing his 100th test match. (laughs) It's at the MCG. I'm in the country. We're sitting down... We're not doing anything for the day. We're watching AB make a big score.
1: Mm. Asked if the Windies would give Border a gentle full toss to start his innings, Viv Richards soon forgot about sure. the sentimentality of the occasion. This is a professional game, you know. It's not a benefit game. I'm quite certain, you know, that uh, that he, he he acknowledges this as well. So I didn't get that in, in Brisbane. Seems like yesterday, just um, you know, getting very nervous before the first the first Test match. And preparation, a couple of the faces you know, are the same, uh, you know, with Woody, etc. So oh, I mean, it's, it not that much has changed as far as, you know, the preparation before a test match has gone. i probably not quite as nervous these days.
0: I reckon, I don't know if you were in tears, but I was just about in tears, AB. This is my most unhappy memory of you on a cricket
1: ground ever, and I don't like to bring it up with you. Can I blame getting tears, you know, walking yes. out to
0: bats? As I you can. You can. Yeah. There's an enormous round of applause. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was huge. The... Bloody
1: Kirtley. Ambrose spoils everything.
0: <laughs> what did he do, AB? Oh, what
1: yeah. happened? He was—he's such a nice guy too, Curtly. But uh the, so second ball, I think. I, I don't know what happened first ball, but second ball just uh, like pretty good delivery, big Yorker, and yeah, because he when he delivers the ball, he's way above the sight screen, right? Um, so he's, he's hard to pick up particularly early, and you're not expecting a full delivery like normally with those blokes. It's all you know a bit of chin music, isn't it? So <laughs> he bloody did me easy ball and big. Danny Sancho, you a first, you know, second ball. <laughs> Yorker again. And Alan Border in his 100th test match is Yorked for a duck. It's a hell of a long walk back, you know, when you've you know, sort of going through all that emotional 100 tests, first bloke frustrated by 100 tests, MCG, so it's a, you know, special ground for, for all Australian cricketers. Yeah, you know, big moment, and then you just sort of, it's, you can just sort of feel that, the air go out of everyone's tyres. It was just, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, when I got back, I, you, you're disappointed. But then I saw the ball bowled. I thought, I hope I haven't just missed a straight one or something like that. No. It was a pretty decent delivery. So I thought, fair due, you, you know, that's a good ball.
0: AB, we come to your retirement, which I, I whether I never knew this, whether I didn't read the articles at the time, uh, so 156 test matches. I'll read you a couple of the quotes here, firstly from Greg Baum. Alan Border stormed indignantly away from his epic test career yesterday amid heartache and rancour after a confusion of calls between himself, the Australian cricket board that would have embarrassed a pair of park tail-enders, is the way he said it. Now, extraordinarily, um, the the articles talk about, AB, that you were meant to do a press conference... uh, I'll show you the headlines here.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, it wasn't very good put it that way, yeah.
0: Border, the end is nigh. But Australian cricket captain Alan Border, writes Mark Ray, who was scheduled to do a press conference, announced his retirement to a Channel 7 reporter in a most unexpected display But from the Australian captain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What happened, AB? Yeah, happened? look, it's, Because um, I don't remember this. It, it's
1: something that shouldn't have happened. It was just me being me. Um, I, I was Captain Grumpy at the time. I got to say, um, because yeah, uh, you know, it was that I was going to finish, and probably everyone knew it, but I just I didn't actually sort of verbalise it. Um, and I, I, because I, and, and the one reason was the media were just every press conference, every time I went anywhere was like, when when are you going to give it away? When when are you retire? What's happening? Yeah. Right? So yeah. and I, typical me, would give it the. Well, you'll all find out when I, if, I, if and when I decide. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not retiring just at the moment. So I can that see was my, you know, saying you know, so that. I'm, I'm sort I can of getting, it. You know, really getting sort of hot under the collar with this constant. Um, and I didn't want to have any great sort of, um, you know, fairy tale sort of finish. I was quite happy just to, you know, sink slowly into the west. But um, you know, just, just that constant barrage of, you know, when's it going to be? When's it going to be? When's it going to be? So. Um, I I probably should have said, look, at the end of this season or at an appropriate time, I'm going to finish and, uh, you know, thanks for the memories type thing. That would have been a better way to do it or having stuck my heels in is actually go to the press conference and and do it, you know, properly. But what happened is I'd I'd sort of made the decision and I'd rung the Australian Cricket Board. I won't say who I I talked to because it's... You know, it, he's a yep. good good fella, but I talked to this person that that I was going to um, announce my retirement and how did everyone think it was going? You know, should happen, and and he basically sort of said to me, "Look, just hold hold your fire because I want to uh, get it all sorted out and properly done myself because you know what? cricket balls like, they leaks like a sieve, so if you know if I sort of don't do it right, it'll just sort of be all over the papers before it actually happens." So. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, fair enough. So I, I wait probably a week and I'm getting nothing. And then I'm getting, I, I'm seeing sort of news footage of, uh, you know, Boone, Taylor, Marsh, getting marched into Cricket Australia headquarters, you know, and, and the, basically the theme is, you know, who's going to be the next Australian captain. And I'm saying, well, hang on, I, I haven't died just yet. Um, what's going on? I haven't sort of made any announcement. And I would play uh, that Particular day, once I'd see, or the next day, I'm out playing golf with Paddy Welsh from Channel Seven, who, who's a mate of mine as well as being a journo, and he's onto me. And <laughs> I'm showing
0: you a shot of the screenshot from Channel Seven. You've got a multicoloured shirt on, you've got a bit of a beard, you're looking serious. Yeah. It's... So you're out, you're you're out on the golf course with Paddy. Yeah. A great Channel Seven man. What happened?
1: And he's he's hammering me away. Come on, AB. When, when's it happening? When's it happening? So I said, oh, you know what, bugger this. It's happening right now. We. When, and he and of course Paddy couldn't you know, the journal comes out. Yeah. And uh so he's, you know, happy as a pig in mud. So he you know, we do the retirement sort of thing and almost immediately afterwards I'm thinking, You're an idiot, Alan. You're an idiot. <laughs> but you can't can't sort of take it back. Oh <laughs> Yeah, so um yeah, that that was just inappropriate. That was my fault, me being me um yeah, not not the way to go out. I should have you know, had a bit more class about the the, the final, um, you know, uh, departure, but it just wasn't to be, and yeah, uh, it, it's that's that's another regret. You know, there's very few, but just a few you could have done a lot better.
0: And how would you reflect on the whole thing looking back now, and the fact that you're, you know, 156 Test matches, averaged over 50, one as multiple Ashes, one as the World Cup with your teammates, took over from Kim Hughes. Now that you're, let's be honest, AB, a, an Australian sporting icon and I don't use that word lightly and, I, and I, you know, I see it at the cricket when you're out on the ground and you're just sort of hovering around your own little corner and people my age look at you with stars in their eyes still. You had a tremendous impact on the Australian sporting landscape and also the Australian landscape from all the stuff I've been reading to you.
1: Yeah, Um it's, look, I hopefully I've just maintained, you know, I am who I am. I haven't sort of uh, changed, deviated too much, I don't think, um, over the course of all that. Um, I, obviously I'm very proud of you know, what I did, but I, I think to myself, you know, look, I'm playing cricket. You know, it's not it's not really <laughs> earth-shattering sort of stuff. Um, you know, you do throughout the course of your, your life, you, you do run into the people and you think, wow, you know, these people are pretty serious what they've achieved. You know, Nelson Mandela on, on my last tour of South Africa, you meet him and you sort of think, you know, there, there's, there's a serious heroic sort of personality. Um, what he's done to get his, you know, or what he's been through to get to where he is at, that's serious. You know, what I did, mate, I played cricket. Like, come on. It's, it's, it, it, you can't sort of, it's chalk and cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's amazing how sporting endeavours or, you know, different endeavours, you know, it's it's an Australian thing, isn't it? We, we wouldn't, you know, we'd probably sort of think, oh, well, what, Nelson did you? You know, he spent a few years in jail, and, you know. Yeah. AB, you, know, you had to face Kirby Ambrose or Malcolm Marshall. That, that's a lot harder.
0: But, but I think I, I understand what you're saying and, as I said, you're, you're so humble but it wasn't just, I think, what you did out there with a the cricket bat in your hand. It's you gave the country in a sporting sense, it's pride back. Like you mentioned about Bob Hawke saying we needed 11 Pat Cashers out there. Times were pretty dire there for Australian mm. cricket fans. And, and at that stage, we, we didn't have American Sports AB on, on Fox or KO no. that we could turn on. We That's had true. footy or rugby league in the winter and we had cricket in the summer. And if the cricket team was getting belted, yeah. it was a pretty average summer.
1: Oh, well, I, I know myself. You know, it, 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 your mood is changed by yes. if you, whatever your sporting team is, if they've lost badly on the weekend, man, the next week's you kick cans around, don't you? You, you sort of you feel. Um, uh, whereas if you win, your side wins, or whatever it may be the situation you, your life is in, you, you're just up for the for, the, for that till the next game is played. So I, I sort of get, I do get it. You know the emotions that you go through if you're a sports fan and you're following a f- football team or. A, a tennis tournament or a golf tournament, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I do get it. But it's sort of, you know, I, I, yeah, know, I, I, I do find it strange, I've got to say, the, the <laughs> accolades, you know, it's uh, uncomfortable um, because I, I sort of don't think it's any earth-shattering sort of stuff, you know. But you, it is it is nice in a way but, um, you know, I, I, hopefully I, you, know, you don't want to get too big-headed about these things. You just sort of take it in your stride.
0: This is an article on the 15th of May, 1994, entitled The A.B. I Know, and it's written by your great mate, now no longer with us, Dean Jones. Uh, And he finishes by saying, Alan Border is as close to a god as Australian cricket has produced since the days of Sir Donald Bradman but even AB isn't powerful enough to help Queensland win a shield. <laughs> but you can bet he'll give it one hell of a shot. And he, he talks about when he first played a test match with you and he, he was out there in the middle with you, he talks about India, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and the famous quote from that uh, tied test, when I told AB I didn't think I could go on, he showed no sympathy. All right, he said, we need a tough Australian out here. Let's get a Queenslander. So it is all those brilliant lines how was and how has the passing of your great mate, Dean Jones, affected your A? Like you mentioned earlier on you'd, you'd gone back and you'd looked at YouTube.
1: Yeah. He um, was...
0: We sort of when, got each other.
1: It's a, It's yeah. a, it's like any sort of mateship, I suppose. You just, you know, some people sort of look at Dino and, they, and you know, they say, oh, bloody Dino, he's pretty always talking it up and making these statements and doing this and that, and you could rub people the wrong way. I sort of, I get it. But when I looked at it, he, he's just sort of stirring. You know, he he had a sort of certain way and I sort of just got him, you know, so we became very tight um, over, over the years and subsequently, you know, like once your cricket uh, careers are finished, you know, you still maintain a, a really good, strong relationship. So we'd been to, you know, the, the States a few times to uh, US Masters and doing different things, you know, and, um, uh, as mates do. Um, so, yeah, when, when uh, it was Scotty Styrus who rang me, he, he was in India uh, mm. with uh, Dino uh, and Brett Lee and a few others. Uh, he actually rang me to tell me that uh, Dino's no longer with us. You know, it was sort of, sort of one of those conversations you just can't quite comprehend you know, initially. What do you mean? What do you mean he's not with us? And then sort of explain what had happened. And you're just just in a bit of a, I suppose, I'm not sure what shock is, but I think I was in a bit of a state of shock. And I can remember the next day trying to talk to, I don't know, uh, Mick Malloy might have rung up on his radio show. I, I, I couldn't string two words together. I just got really choked up trying to sort of, you know, talk it up about Jones or trying to even be, you know, half smart and funny about some of the funnier things that happened rather than the sort of, you know, the the sadness uh, angle, you know, and I just couldn't, you know, it was just amazing. I I thought, I haven't been like this since my mum and dad died, you know. It was was really, it really knocked me around uh, for the first little period of time. I was still to this day, you know, sort of thinking about it, you do get choked up and the good times we had, you start that starts to sort of, you know, change the mood because there were so many good times that um, we, we had as both, you know, Players in, in the cricket team, and then subsequently, yeah. You know, there, there, there's one particular story. He just saved my bacon big time, uh, ninety four. So it's my I'm playing my last few games, and we're about we're going to play South Africa in a one day game the next day. And it's probably the last game I'm playing in Australia. I can't remember but anyway. But we're in Sydney, and we go out to the uh, a pub in Paddington, and it's just doing it myself. We sort of split split. You know, the team used to do their own thing. Of course, we, we go to a uh, nice pub in Paddington in Sydney, have a feed, and then we're starting to sort of think about, you know, Bob Simpson's uh, voice echoing in our ears, you know, up to midnight's your time, after midnight's cricket time. So we're thinking, oh, 11 o'clock, we better get out of here. Anyway, you know, we go downstairs, and there, there's this sort of promotion going on. Um, there's a, you know, it's, it's, it's Elephant Lager, just for want of a, a better name. So right. you have, these guys are trying to throw like a ping pong ball through this hula hoop. Right. Yeah, and I, I sort of oh, just a sec, Ben. I'm watching this, and these blokes, mate. Do you reckon anyone could get <laughs> two from about five <laughs> meters away, right? So, and this guy is American guy, He's running his promotion. So I'm thinking. And by then, 94, I know I'm not playing cricket, so I'm starting to take a few liberties, you know, yep. nocturnal event, You know, so I'm going to stay doing that just for a sec. He said, oh, all right, I'll, I'll you know, he's a good wingman. He's not going to leave me there by myself. So I go over there and sort of line up, okay, and the boy says, oh, man, you know, he's not, I'm trying to get rid of these beers, but I can't get in. Yeah, you know, so, so what's your idea, mate? So I've got to throw this ball through that hole and we get a couple of beers. Yeah. So I grab up and I throw right-handed. <laughs> Gallo. Right. two beers, <laughs> so of course, back, back. We have half a dozen beers. later. Dino's <laughs> not drinking, by the way. He's saying, "Mate, I've got to play tomorrow. I'm not doing that." Bugger this! Whole... And so I'm. So anyway, the rest of the crowd, the pub starts to liven up a bit. Go on, AB. <laughs> I'm, so I'm throwing, but I'm throwing right handed. Anyway, this yep. American guy says, "Mate, you've been banned. You're banned. I've heard about you. You're a cricketer, and all these people know." And and of course, we everyone blows up. We say, mate, I'll, I'll let you go, but you got to throw left-handed. <laughs> okay, okay, mate. So, so a thousand beers later, Jones finally drags me out of there. Anyway, we, we avoid Simpson. The next morning, I'm crook as a dog, and I'm but I'm trying to get through warm ups. But Simo, you know, he he knows something's wrong. But Jones is just too you know, he just keeps. He, he had my back the whole time. I, I could have been serious strife because <laughs> he woke me up. I, I was crook. He said, oh, no, we had a, 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 a Vindaloo curry last night. hasn't agreed with him so because I'm, I'm crook. Oh, man. And he made 90 and we won the game. So thank God. <laughs>
0: it's a great way to finish on Duno and oh, we, I need to get out of your hair, AB. I always finish this podcast by saying for the youngsters we, we're lucky a lot of Youngsters listen with their with their mums or their dads that yep. that want to achieve something in their life. it doesn't need to be in the sporting field, but from your experience to pass on a message to those youngsters that are growing up to hope to achieve something with their life, what would you say to them babe?
1: Oh i I suppose you've you've all got passions in life and you dream things so some people are good at maths, some people are good at you know, whatever you know but i you know you, you always have some passion about what what you you're trying to do and, and never give up and you just give it your best shot. I, I, I tell my kids, I've got two boys who love cricket, and <clears throat> but they're going to be second, grade level cricketers, or, or they have been. And, yep. But it, it doesn't stop their enthusiasm just trying their absolute best. So that's the message I say to all youngsters and anyone. You, know, you, you just have a red-hot go. Everyone will find their level. Sometimes it's Olympic and sometimes it's the fifths. It doesn't matter if if you've got passion.
0: Love it. AB, we we mentioned at the start heroes and you mentioned meeting Sir Garfield Sobers and I mentioned that you're always my first sporting hero and to sit with you and chat with you for a couple of hours but to sit with you in the commentary box at Fox Cricket is always the greatest thrill of my summer. I look forward to doing it again this summer. Um, Yeah, it's funny that... To sit there beside someone that had such an impact on you growing up is something uh, I treat as a privilege. So I look forward to the summer, mate, and I really appreciate you joining me on the Howie Games. Great man.
1: Yeah, look, awesome, mate. Enjoyed the chat. Um, Lots of great memories. I've got to say, I don't sort of reflect very often, but it it is good just to reflect on those good times, I've I've got to say. So looking forward to the summer.
0: Well, to be honest, that might just about be the top of the mountain. When you've spent a couple of hours talking to your hero, hard to figure out what's next. Anyway, thanks to AB for putting up with me and my scrapbook. What a humble, humble man. Thanks to you all for tuning in. Thanks to Jeannie for keeping the scrapbook. And don't forget, our Ashes Extravaganza continues next Thursday with David Lloyd, a.k.a. Bumble, your beauty. Do not miss that episode. Until then, you know the drill. Peace and love. And we can do it
1: if we try, try, try.